Welcome back to the Ink Sync. I am Annie. I'm Kaylee. This is the publishing podcast for the rest of us, where we talk about social media, representation, and old people just wondering what the heck these kids are doing these days. Which is odd, considering <laughs> most of the kids in question are definitely 30 or older. I know. Guys. <laughs> It was like young people, 35 and below. And I was like, are, are we young? This is the only time I get called young. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll sub you that's crisp five later. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Reuters. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about a lot of stuff today. Actually, we haven't met up in a while. So we released these episodes a little bit out of order and you might have gotten a lot of news from us recently. We actually recorded recently. We haven't seen each other in like a month. It's absurd. Well, you know, holidays, my, yeah. Yep. It's been, it's been a while. So hey, Kaylee, how you doing? Hey, girl, I miss you. Up? Oh my God. I did, I did, I did miss our, our, our weekly gossip sessions, but I don't think they count as gossip. It's just us like bitching about the news being terrible or being great sometimes, which is Sometimes awesome. the news is great. Yeah. We have, we do have a fair amount of good news. This week, I was thinking, what can we do for people who ever decide to be our subscribers? And I was like, you know what we should do is just make a Discord and post our bloopers just for those people, so that Absolutely. they can hear us. Or like, we should have like a Discord clinking but have, glasses. Right? We should have a Discord. Oh, we should. But I don't know who would join it though. I don't either. I, I, I mean, Abby would just because she loves us. I, uh, first of all, she's today's wonderful. episode brought to you by Abby. And God, I like. I don't think anyone else like likes us enough. To- <laughs> I think we have like nine friends and they Everyone are indulging listens, us by yeah. listening to us while, giggle at while each they're other. showering, whatever they're doing in the background, they just like, well, I'll play this well. Give them if you view. are listening to this in the shower, don't forget, do scrub your legs. I know that's a thing that people think they don't need to scrub their legs. You aren't on Twitter, but I am. And it's a thing where people just don't seem to think that they need to scrub their legs. Girl. I know. I mean, even if you... you I know. exfoliate sometimes. Jesus, you snakes. I know. Peel that layer off. I know. Okay. It's just, it's, <laughs> we are in well-trod territory here. And every couple months, someone is like, hey, remember that time on Twitter when a bunch of people said they don't wash their legs? And then a bunch of people will reply to that and be like, I still don't wash my legs. And it's like, why are you saying this out loud in a public forum? The internet is forever, you guys. Number one, wash your legs. Number two, if you don't, don't tell anyone. Just just keep that shit to yourself and wear if, pants. If <laughs> don't let anyone take them off ever. <laughs> if you're in a context where someone's like, isn't it weird how this thing is happening? And you're like, I do the thing. You don't have to say that. You could be quiet. Nobody is forcing you. <laughs> keep it to yourself and you'll feel better about everything, I think. <laughs> People are the worst. It's, it's, not, it's awesome. not to be fair. Oversharing is something I do struggle with, but I feel like I've gotten so much better. Like I pick up on the context very quickly when I'm like, oh no, I probably shouldn't have said that. And I won't share that general vein of things in the future. But also you're, if you haven't ever met Kaylee in person before, I'm just going to go ahead and vouch. She's a hygienic person. Oh yes. I do bathe regularly. I'm, pre- <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I hit all the bases. <laughs> all the bases. It's just to be clear. Just to be clear, this is more personal and, like, emotional stuff. Like, physically, I am a very clean person. Yeah, no, emotionally a mess. Disgusting. <laughs> oh, yeah. She smells horrible. But physically, great. So good. Rancid smells like vibes. flowers. <laughs> physically perfumed. Spiritual air quotes. <laughs> Perfect. Done. Awesome. We can move on to the news now. 
So Kaylee, you got into a little bit of a kerfuffle on after you said that you don't go on Facebook last my, episode. My monthly log into Facebook, I managed to catch. You managed to get in deep, deep trouble with, I do want to be clear, this is a joke. Our dear friend Mike is lovely man, but he posted something and he said, I have some feedback for you guys. I have a correction. It was for our tropes episode. It was. Where you had talked about the chosen one trope and specifically called out... Frodo. Frodo. And what did Mike say to that? He said, um, actually. Um, actually. And if you haven't, this is also a plug and we are not paid, but if they want to pay us, that's fine. But um, actually is a very funny uh, show um, <laughs> with a lot of similar things that happen. It's college humor, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're humor. great. Or it's they like, um, it's like, I, I don't know actually who puts on it. Alex watches it. So like, I, I get the episodes, but I never the channel. If it's not college humor, it's like definitely some college humor alums. Brennan, whatever his name is, the yeah. very charismatic. Uh, yes. The internet's boyfriend. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. he's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Correct. Anyway, go ahead. You know, Mike wanted to dispute my choice of Frodo as the chosen one because Aragorn ticks every single box as far as the traditional trope goes. He has the prophecy. He's got this, you know, the the item. He's got the legacy, and certainly the story arc in the book support in the, the books. Sorry, the support the, him as a chosen one. However, <laughs> the trope itself is expanded from the traditional like tick all the boxes classic chosen one hero or protagonist into you know a little more of a gray area and when do you have the person that's like you've got your everyman you've got the unchosen one who becomes the chosen one just because there isn't anyone else and you've got the the masses of chosen many that stand up and rise up together like those are more interesting for me personally like I'll write fan fiction about Aragorn, but I didn't. It wasn't interesting to talk about. Like I, mean, I need, I need a lot more time to expand and make this interesting. We we don't have to say that there's only one chosen one in any individual no. story either. The narrative supports, especially depending on how it's woven, since they had their own narratives in the books for sure. Yeah, like they like they came together. Who doesn't love their faves coming together and then like supporting each other? But yes. then like they're bros, but then also like doing their own thing, but still being bros. The people that you love looks in different ways. Like com- like oh my god, they like, know each other, and they like each other, too. Like, it just feels good. There is a reason, I think, that the my friends, you bow to no one line resonates so hard with everyone, because it's two chosen ones doing eye to eye and being like, you know what, bro? You are awesome. No, bro, you are awesome. (laughs) It's so good. Anyway, so, Mike, total, total respect. You're not wrong, but also... I feel like I also wasn't wrong. No, I definitely feel that that's the case, yes. We can both be right. Yeah, and it's our podcast, so, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. That's right. We love you, Mike. Yeah, we do. Um, actually, I I think I put this into the show notes that I sent to you. Mike sent us another message. Did he? I he missed did. that. Actually, was it in here? I missed that. I actually just realized that I did not put his name on the message. So you <laughs> might have just gotten the message and been like, oh, I wonder who put this in there. It was Mike. So Mike also DM'd me instead of uh, publicly calling me out on on your own he Facebook. Chose, <laughs> he chose to <laughs> actually just message me. I'm so glad he felt comfortable specifically adding me. Calling you out publicly on a public post. On somebody else's Facebook. Thanks. Oh, Mike. No, that's actually pretty great, honestly. All right, so I'm going to read this feedback that we got from our dear friend, Mike. Hi, Annie. I'm catching up on the ink sink, and while I am very late on this and bored on an overnight shift... 
I figured I'd weigh in on the dungeon master versus game master debate. Probably the simplest reason is that TSR and then Wizards of the Coast, and these are the people who own Dungeons and Dragons, TSR and Wizards of the Coast actually own the trademark for the term dungeon master. So a lot of other games use the term game master, which I imagine is generic enough that it can't really be trademarked in this fashion. There are folks that have trademarked the term game master as it applies to things like software and sports gear, though. So I looked this up, and it is accurate. Wizards of the Coast does own a trademark for the term Dungeon Master, but it also reminded me of another thing that uh, my husband was describing to me the history of Dungeons & Dragons, because I, I have played, but I'm not, like, all the way into the lore and everything. Apparently, between, I think, uh, Dungeons & Dragons 2 and Dungeons & Dragons 4, I'm not quite sure where it came in, but when we were young, Pathfinder showed up. Mm -hmm. I believe Pathfinder specifically uses Game Master, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, so um, that would make sense, especially if the other major titan in the arena uses Dungeon Master, because I would say, like, they're probably, like, Wizards of the Coast isn't gonna, like, punch down on, like, mom-and-pop shops running their own little, like, pay five dollars when you use our table and hopefully you'll buy a book or something, like, but they probably would have said something for, yeah, Paizo. Yeah, and we talked about how... Paizo is the Pathfinder Mm -hmm. publisher, sorry. And we also talked about how, like, streamers we're probably even more aware of the well we've talked about how, how the, the difference in with streamers because streamers are probably playing more games yeah. but also you know streamers are way more likely to get cease and desist orders than oh, yeah. anyone else's oh yeah all right and if you want to talk to us you absolutely can oh, please please i'm not just can but we <laughs> encourage request Absolutely. Please do. You can message us on Anchor, on Twitter, or if you want to argue with Kaylee in the comments. Feel free to at me. Please I'll, do. I mean, it, um, it, it might be a little bit before I see that, but I will act, I will respond. I'm just, look, it's not that I'm against social media. I just don't care. There you go, Kaylee. That's probably the best way to look at it, actually. It's probably the healthiest way to live. That's what um, I got, fam. And if you would like to be a supporter, uh, like our dear friend Abby, shout out to Abby. Abby! You can support us through Spotify and Anchor. There are levels. You can do 99 cents, $1.99, $9.99. You could do more if you really wanted to. I don't know why you would, but you are also the people who wanted us to go weekly, so you know what? They want. They want. Us, Amy. They don't want us. I don't know. <laughs> people get out of the shower and just, just, just. Message us about how you wash your legs, please. <laughs> please don't. No, please I just don't. only Annie. Please only Annie. <laughs> like that's not. I don't look. I will respond to most other things, but I probably will just be like like and move on. Here's from that. what I want. I want Kaylee to make us a Tumblr, <laughs> and then I want her to get like a non mm. images of just people being like, "Look, I washed my legs." This is my dream. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, I did lie. I will say that I, I don't get on any other social media, but I am constantly on Tumblr. There you and that go. says a lot about me as a person because that is the wild, wild west of non-targeted, non-specific, oh my God. random chaos. And you are actually like an OG Tumblr user. Like you stayed like on 10, it through the generations. I, I only recently years. went I think back. I like an anniversary email from Tumblr. 
I only recently went. One. I'm one of the horrible people who went back after the Destiel canon and <laughs> like had like a whole reminiscence when yeah. I went back, and it was lovely, and it's still lovely. I still, it's still great, and I do like my dumb fashion posts. Oh my. yeah, we're gonna talk about. Um, this is a spoiler for next episode. We're gonna tease this a little bit later. We are just hardcore teasing next 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 week. The episode what? that you guys are getting is probably we haven't even recorded it yet, but we're already in love with it. We've done all the research, yep. and we're like really fucking hyped to record it. So forgive us. <laughs> We actually don't require forgiveness. We're really pumped. We're super cool. Anyway. Moving on. Kaylee, we have to get into something a little bit depressing. We have not recorded since the Supreme Court overturned Roe Mm -hmm. v. Wade. So we do have to talk about it a little bit. It is uh, current events Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily pertain to books, but in that the free sharing of information is part of publishing. We do have to talk about that. And also we want to talk about our community. So Kaylee and I on this show are obviously very pro women's reproductive health. 100%. And more specifically on principle, pro women's privacy. The bottom line is that you know what's best for your body. And nobody else should have a say. And it's not even about gender. You as a human know what's best for your body. Man, woman, human, alien, whoever you are, whatever you are, you have the right to make choices about your own body. Your body. 100%. We cannot, I, we, we will try to be clearer if it's at all physically possible, but I think Annie nailed it. And we are very lucky to be covering an industry that is majority female. And we have talked about this before. The Independent Booksellers Association is actually run by a woman. And she put out a statement on Instagram saying that her bookstore would be supporting abortion resources for women in need and through the mail. We will put all of those links to all of those charities in the show notes. We don't have to go. We, don't, we literally don't have time to go into all of them, which is a heartening thing in itself because there are a lot we, of them, which is thank, thank goodness. Like you guys, absolutely. Like, this is again, the majority of the country supports the right to choose. I just want to be clear. The fact that we have minority that has power and a very vocal minority that's just shitting on the rest of us is very disheartening. 100%. Agreed. But the fact of the matter is like, it's always been two steps forward, one step back, and we're still making progress. So mm-hmm. the the fact that we've had this happen is absolutely upsetting. And you're totally, totally valid if you feel bad and mad and sad and you're physically like ill sometimes about it. But keep fighting the good fight. Take your time. Do what you need to do for your own mental health. Absolutely. And then um, everybody is going to keep keep on the fight for sure. And of course, as we talked about, you know, the free access of information and making sure that people get all the information we need means that publishers as an industry are also grappling with this. There have been, I don't know what to call them. They're just kits of books. You know, they're, they're boxing up books that are related to abortion, related to women's rights and printing those. Yeah, and have been critical over the years. Absolutely. I think it's very telling that the new handbook for a post-Roe America are seeing a surge in popularity and publishers are anticipating extra print. Printings. Uh, we've talked oh, yeah. before about how the printing crisis and publishing is going right now. They are stopping printing of other books in order to make sure that women are able to access the information. So I also thought it was um, like very smart.
smart that they, when the initial leak occurred on the ruling, that mm-hmm. they immediately they did immediately this. started they switched. Yeah, and, like they like hard right shifted and got all of these materials ready and are doing second and third runs of this new new print run. And I wish that there were more that we could do. Obviously, as just a random niche podcast, we have <laughs> nothing but awareness to give you guys. But please, um, if you have dollars, please give them to any of these organizations that are supporting women's rights to privacy and healthcare. Moving on from that mildly <laughs> slash majorly depressing story, we are going into actually something that has set the news world ablaze. We're talking about digital and newspaper publishing. Now, Kaylee, do you want to intro this for us? God, there was so much. There this, was so much there. This this whole thing has just, this week, we got a lot, you we guys. We got a lot. Actually, like, just, it's been a lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah, so there was a digital news report that actually was reviewing the survey that they conducted. It was um, 93,000 consumers that were con- that were surveyed online. Yeah, why don't I read this quote? Um, yeah, please this, do. Came, this comes from what new, What's New in Publishing, and they reviewed the key takeaways. And they said, the digital news report for 2022, the DNR, brings together key insights from a survey of more than 93,000. More than, sorry. Okay, I was remembering. Online news consumers across 46 countries. That's the key themes in the 164-page report including include growing news avoidance, which... Caused quite a stir. Yeah, we've talked about that before, actually. Mm-hmm. And as as well as lower levels of trust in the media. And according to What's New in Publishing, the big headline from this year's DNR is that about 38% of people globally say that they often or sometimes avoid the news. Rates of news avoidance vary by country, but the US and the UK exhibit some of the highest rates, 42% percent of people now avoid the news in the US and 46% in the UK. I just have I had a lot of thoughts. I had many thoughts as well. I had yeah. You can go first. All right. So <laughs> one of the interesting things about the article was also the um I can't remember actually there were several articles so maybe I'm getting Yeah, confused. no, I sent um so for the record I sent Kaylee Three sources covering like six or seven key points. These these sources were What's New in Publishing had two articles summarizing the takeaways and then Neiman Lab, which is a journalist and news resource newsletter, also covered it. So we will put all of those links in the show notes, but Kaylee is going to be kind of combining some of this information. Yeah. Take everything in and start thinking about things critically. We always recommend critical thought just to yeah. <laughs> think about. And if you, if you, as if a you, rule, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you disagree or you just want to discuss anything that we've said, please, again, reach out to us. Absolutely. Talk to us, please. We want to have these conversations that's why we started this podcast okay so um my thought here was just it's so interesting because we are also the uk the us and other major powers we have nominally you have free access to the news in ways that you know maybe some other countries don't um and the fact that we just were inundated is the issue and that was something that we had talked about in one of our most recent episodes with the war in ukraine and that people are getting numb to it. I mean, it's accurate. Like, it's it's just, it's constant. Like, oh, here's another depressing thing that's happening about, like, my rights being stripped or whatever. And, you know, you just stop being able to process because you have to live in the world. You have to live. You have to be able to move forward. And so you become numb to just the sheer, to the shock, which it should be. And you stop taking it in. And you stop, like, you feel bad because you're not responding. And then you stop reading it. Like, that's just where we're at. The other interesting thing that I thought was was kind of oddly specific was the definition of news for quote unquote young people, which is 
us and yeah, the I do news. want to be clear. Uh, so this 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 report was done by Reuters, and they this is the one. This is the this <laughs> is the thing. about. They said young people, comma the under thirty fives, and Kaylee and I both were like, oh, okay, I like it. <laughs> nice, awesome, right. cool, wow, okay. <laughs> So they they said that young people had redefined not not like in a general way, but to themselves when they say news, they actually think of two different definitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was just interesting. Like, so you've got news, which is the traditional definition, and that focuses slightly more on maybe politics and science and crime, etc., versus interest pieces and things that are maybe not as constantly depressing. I was thinking of it as capital N news, like what's going on in Washington, mm-hmm. horrible bad news about the weather, and then yeah, lowercase n news, like what's going on in publishing? <laughs> or yeah, like, yeah, that's fair. What's going on in publishing? Have we made any strides with in medical technology lately? Yeah. Like, like stuff that's not necessarily totally fluff, but that is not designed to emotionally flog you. Yeah, it's new. It's happening. But it's not capital N news, which I thought was really fascinating because I had not seen that ever put into words, but I genuinely do feel that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. I'll get the big stuff. But like, for the most part, my my news feed on my phone is is targeted to new books, stuff that's interesting in comics or cool things that young people are doing, like in the world, like with research grants and stuff or art or even some entertainment pieces, oddly, somehow, which I just don't know quite how I got there. But yeah, whatever. Absolutely. I'm so much likelier to to hit some of that during the day. And then I'll like brace myself and take a shot. And then I'll start looking at all right, what, uh, what happened in Washington? What's going on in Beijing? What did they do in London? There is a level of capital N news that is fucking depressing. I thought that was really fascinating. And I believe that one specifically came from Neiman Lab. And I think that they're they're calling this a younger people thing, but I think older people also feel this way that, you know, there's a difference between the news you consume because you have to and the news you consume because you want to. And a lot of times the news we consume because we want to are being given to us by an algorithm because the algorithm is the thing that's figuring out what we want. Meanwhile, the capital N news is just, okay, this is capital I important and it does need to be told, but it's not being presented to us in a way that we want to consume it. And yeah, on some level, of course, nobody wants to consume bad news. Like nobody sought out Shinzo Abe's assassination. Nobody got excited to like bring that to the masses. Meanwhile, like we get excited to bring our podcast to the masses. But I think that we're going to see a a break between those news sources. I think that we're already sort of seeing it and we're already sort of seeing the struggle between reconciling those two things with BuzzFeed News. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's probably part of why BuzzFeed News has been struggling so much. I think that right now, those two news sources are so separated that we're not going to see them recombine in the way that they used to be. Like it used to be you'd have an entertainment section at the back of the newspaper. I don't think we're ever really going to see that again. I think that we're either going to see totally separate news sources or something new altogether. I don't know what it's going to be. And then I think just generally speaking, I just want to chime in. I think that as we have said before, regarding news as business, Mm -hmm. I think that's really impacting some of the other numbers in this report that we were initially coming around on this discussion on, which is the um, trust in the news. Yes. 
historically low. Mm-hmm. I think, correct my figures, please, but I think in the US it's 22 or 23% of people that responded. Yeah, 26%. Yeah. 26%. And it had fallen from the year before. That's yeah. it. Okay. So 26% of people that responded to the survey, in the US specifically, trusted the news sources. We have very clearly biased news sources, but then they're not allowed to admit their biases. So they're presenting news as fact when it's clearly informed by opinion. And and we know, we know the news agencies in question, and this is part of the reason, part of the issues that the news industry is grappling with for younger people, 35s and under. um, Us babies. Yeah, right. Which is that they're not connecting to brands. Yeah, because your brands are kind of trash. For the most part, sorry, but it's true. You guys have these tentatively or mouth service objective standards you don't believe that. Like, you you have one or two people that genuinely, passionately believe that, and you shit all over them. So the fact of the matter is, I mean, we all know. That's why the, the numbers are the way they are. And they're just like, oh, no, what can we do? I don't know. Be less shitty. So, again, this report was, like, how many pages long? It's so long, you guys. Like, we actually <laughs> so had to delay covering... recording because yes. I had to read... <laughs> So much specifically for this report. Yeah, we're talking about two key points of this thing. And I think those are the two most important are, key I points. But please agree, go read yes. it. We're going to we're gonna link to everything. But It was very interesting. One of the things that really stood out to me personally was under 35s still largely say that they prefer to mostly read the news rather than mostly watch the news. Some seek out a mix of formats to better understand the information, while others are drawn to audio-based formats like podcasts that allow users to multitask while they listen. There is not a one-size-fits-all approach or medium through which a newsroom can attract younger audiences. I don't have a solution to any of this. I wish that there were <laughs> like some, you know, little bow that we could tie at the end of this and be like, oh, people just don't understand. And yeah, they don't. But also like we don't understand either because we're just following the dopamine. We don't have specific data, it's in fact, on why we're doing what we're doing it's either. not at all. I mean, and, and us like youngsters. That, like, right. A lot of this stuff is like trend analysis that's occurred over the last 200 years. Right. Because so it's looking backwards necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, this is all like considering the rate of innovation and in technology. We just don't have that time period to look back on. This is ground blazing. And like, if you consider the fact that late 1800s, early 1900s, that's where they were. And we had a lot of innovation at the time. That's why like journalistic standards came about is because people were like, let's do whatever the fuck we want. And other people were like, this is shit. And there's a lot of hand wringing about people getting their news from social media, but no one's really getting their news from. They're getting their news from a news source that's being shared on social media. It's still from and then the being news source. Discussed, like you guys. Yeah. It's not. It's not a matter of. It's just these are the facts and these are how I think about them. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. Well, I would not necessarily have thought about them that way. Here's what I'm thinking, but also now it's informed by the people that I trust. And again, the people that are doing this hand wringing, you did the same thing. Like just right. like, like it's so weird. Like it's so ob- like odd to me. But there like was it's a- not like new. There was a Twitter thread, um, and I'll see if I can find it, but it was like, there is nothing new under the sun, and it showed in, like, I don't know, last year or so, it was like, Gen Z, the next generation, doesn't want to work, and then it was like, 10, 20 years before, Gen X, the next generation, doesn't, doesn't want to work. work, and then it was like, 1960 or whatever, boomers, next generation, doesn't want to work, and it's like, okay. It's absolutely, no, and I've definitely, every time this argument comes up in yeah. my family, I'm just like, no, there's genuinely nothing new about this. Like, nothing you guys new under the sun. have 100% Every every generation is exactly the same. These arguments come up. They're like, well, no. And I'm like, yeah, I can actually pull up the articles and like the screen, like not screen, but like the scanned in newspapers of like the newfangled like magazines that were coming out and like how kids are not reading 
newspapers or going to read books or working or whatever. Like, it's just, it's so right. stupid. Like, and it's so consistent. And people are just like, no, now ours is the most righteous newest outrage or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. no, it's not. Just sit down, take a breath, <laughs> have some tea. <laughs> it's like low caffeine, chamomile green. Like, be- watch yes. some house hunters. You'll be okay. Right, HGTV, you guys. <laughs> We're going to move on to our favorite news section. Kaylee, I had a late addition to this. I don't know if you refreshed the notes that I sent you, but there was a Twitter announcement. Was it the Jamila? Yes. 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 I was very excited to hear that. And I, I think that it's such a, what a timely kind of move. And I know this was just a Twitter thread, but I, you know, I looked her up just to so understand more about her. And like, uh, so Jamila King uh, is now going to be the new managing editor at BuzzFeed News. So Jamila, Jamila King is a Brooklyn-based writer, and she's actually the current race and justice reporter at Mother Jones. Incredible. And she's moving now to become the editor at BuzzFeed News. So I've worked at a couple news uh, organizations in my time, and I can tell you that each one has been organized vastly differently. So managing editor means something totally different depending on whatever news organization you're going to, but all of them are given tons of responsibility over authors and other editors. It is not an easy job, no matter nope. what your structure is. So congrats to Jamila King. And and obviously, like just reading her bio, I am so excited to see what she wh- what direction she takes the newsroom in and i really hope that i know that we were because we have been talking about like the the shift that buzzfeed news is making because they downsized i mean they cut their kind of whole staff in half or worse so they really do need to have a targeted approach and it seems like she's incredibly focused exactly so that's why i'm like very excited i super agree with you like people I, people like to get on us us youths <laughs> for not being focused but i mean if you just look at her resume she's i mean it's just it. focus after focus she's after focus it. yes so congrats to her absolutely 100 percent. super super looking forward to everything that you're doing and we also got news that uh the chicago sun times has a new um executive editor and that would be miss jennifer co like congrats yeah. i'm so excited also awesome. like her headshot's so cute what she looks so excited and happy to be there and energetic and i'm just really pumped for her apparently she's their first woman and person of color that's going to be there incredible what i mean weight on her shoulders i'm sure that it's it's it feels like a lot of pressure but i hope that she stops and takes a second and is like fuck yeah she's (laughs) i mean like that's awesome for her absolutely congratulations And now for our favorite section, Kaylee, what are you reading? Girl, so you know I like me some T. Kingfisher. You know she's one of my favorite authors. I actually just finished a T. Kingfisher book that you gave me. It was so good. I'm so excited. I'm so glad. We were talking about this. I had uh, found T. Kingfisher through one of my Amazon dives. So I was excited to be able to loan Annie a copy of one of the books that I read recently by T. Kingfisher, which is... um, No, A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking, um, which I had mentioned before on the show. Out of curiosity, is, does it have sequels? Not yet. A lot of her stuff is one shots. Yes, but they set that up for a sequel. She writes, no, she does that. She absolutely, so the book that I'm currently, or that I just finished. I I literally finished that and I was like, I want her to be BFFs. 
the golden sorry spoilers i want her to be bffs with the golden general and i want them to like have like wizard conversations and like bake together like, i think it's absolutely 100 yeah. percent where she was going with that and right. i like super support that. like anyway. i would i would write that fan fiction oh girl i bet i bet it's out there probably it's, not no, like no no, no. So it's kind the, of niche well niche. no also consider this like her writing's really good and that's the issue with fandom or the like benefit whatever of fandom is that if the the content of the media is good and doesn't leave a lot of plot holes i have found that it's pretty small fandom interesting because people aren't left like super frustrated and mm-hmm. like screaming into the the void about we what they want we should do an instead. episode on that like what properties inspire fandom and mm-hmm. what don't because it's not fiction versus non because mm-hmm. rpf exists girl it sure does we should we should dig into that because fan studies are a real thing now there are there That's are there aren't a lot of journals That's but they're, they're coming up topic like it's a very interesting topic i yes. super support that. i would be down and we should totally i'm gonna that. i'm gonna put that on my list good keep talking so um so a wizard's guide to defensive baking is the that Annie just read or and she may or may not be talking about the book I just finished is called Sword Heart and so I actually like I just love the premise which was the author and T. Kingfisher is her pen name for this particular series which is non which is adult is more adult targeted novels rather than her children's novels it's Ursula something I can't remember um so her inspiration for this was you've got the the sentient weapon the sentient sword that's just immortal and can't die or whatever and has to deal with all these this line of wielders and not all of them are going to be gems guys like some of them are going to be real schmucks and so like what must that be like and so it's a an action dramedy romance i loved it so much i was not expecting it to be a romance because most of the books that i've read of hers have been more targeted like the main characters have been children, but the main character in this one is an adult woman, a widow of 12 years. Um, yeah, I I just, I just, I love her so much. I love her writing. I love her characters. I love her approach to the world. It's just so good, you guys. I cannot express enough how much I enjoy her, her work. So you've got uh, the main character's a widow. So she's probably in her 30s late 20s at the youngest and essentially it's like set in modern-ish fantasy times if that makes any sense maybe like early 1800s style but like a little bit more fantasy-esque because there's magic and stuff and you've got like random wandering fairy hills and stuff that they end up getting a visit to and it's set in the same world as one of the other books gosh i need to start rereading again um (laughs) the clockwork boys which is another one of her books that i'm really pumped to read so the main character she is taken in after her husband dies she's just taken in by the the great uncle of the family who's the only non-shitbag in this family basically so the family's not great so the great uncle dies and Mm -hmm. leaves her all of his money because she was the Um. one that actually gave a shit about him was caring for him in his elderly years and just genuinely was interesting and as a person and not just like knives out style yeah mm-hmm. exactly 100 percent. and they're like well you're gonna marry your cousin and she's like well he's awful and also i don't want to and they're like we're gonna lock you up until you see sense basically and so she's like well shit and they put her in a room and locked was the door. not expecting this to be an attic wife story yeah well they tried and she mm. was like well what if i just spoil uh so i mean it never works the attic wife always comes down and sets fire to stuff it doesn't work um (laughs) in this case it's more metaphorical so she finds the sword and draws it for reasons 
and <laughs> out pops a man and he's like, I'm ready because it's a, he's the servant of the sword. He's the sword. Um, He's the sentient sword. And he's like, I'm ready to fucking fight. And she's like, oh, well. And he's like, why are you half naked? And she's like, don't worry about that. And puts her clothes back on. Um, why, why is she half naked? So so trigger warning. Um, it's it's a black comedy a little bit in parts. So she, you know, doesn't want to marry her hideous, awful cousin. And right. like she has nieces. And she's like, well, if I die before we get married. So she's ready to just. Oh, my God. And he's like, don't use my sword to kill yourself. And he's like, rude. And also put your shirt on, ma'am. And she's like, I don't want to die, but also I don't want to marry Alvin. His name is Alvin. Yeah, I mean, what What an Alvin. Anyway, the aunt is like, let's go. And he's like, oh, they're holding you hostage. Like, it finally comes to play. Like, he thought, like, one of her. She's like, I mean, I have, like, a 13-year-old niece who's, like, who would probably be willing to come rescue me. But she's 13 and also across the world. And he's like, oh, wait, you're being held hostage? She's like, yeah. What about the everything gave it away? I don't. (laughs) And he's like, okay, it's because he's from a totally different culture, too. Like, it was more of a sort of a pseudo fish out of water sort of of deal. Yeah. Like, it had been like 500 years since, like, he had been sealed in the sword. So he's like, okay, I'm on the same page and just fucking kicks down the door and, like, has this fight with the bodyguard, lops off a limb. He's got the spirit. (laughs) He's ready to go. He was like, okay, I got it now. I know what we're doing. And, like, they get out and then she's like, okay, well, you know, we we need to figure this out. So they go, they, like, go into the city to get a lawyer, basically, essentially, from this other, like, religious order. Ah, a wizard lawyer. Yeah, no, it's great. No, I love it so much. So the lawyer is um, non-binary. So they go by they, them in in the book the whole time. I just, I love all of the characters so much like i want the three of them to just like be a thruple by the end of it like i know it's not going to happen but like i totally ship it um it's definitely like so the the main two so the the woman and the sword totally get together by the end which you know you see coming right away of course but um it's just it's he's so like funny. ma'am put your boobs away he's like you have incredible <laughs> he's like thinking to himself my goodness those are impressive but ah. <laughs> like <laughs> like the whole we time we just met <laughs> exactly. buy me dinner first <laughs> basically he's like i'm usually drawn for a fight so let's like let's cover the this, this up and we can come back to this later so anyway i was literally reading this on the beach and i was it sounds like a good guffawing. beach reading. yeah i was absolutely like hacking up laughter like the whole time like i'm sure people around me were not happy but i did anyway, oh sure. why would they come to the beach if they didn't want to hear people laugh exactly I agree. people having a good time I those jerks so that was what i'm reading and I lovely. super recommend it, and I'm going to bring it over next time and learn it to you. Is it... You finished it? I did. Oh, good. Yes, I just finished it. Does so. it have a good ending? Yeah. Good. Um, it, it does, it, again, leaves it open for a sequel, mm-hmm. of course, but they are together, and the and <laughs> we don't have 17 trailing threads to deal with. So anyway, um, I think you'll enjoy it, and I think you would probably also laugh. I would love to read it. Okay. What are you reading, Annie? I am reading a book called What Editors Do, which Mm. is about, wait for it, what editors do. My God. (laughs) It's wonderful. So I, for those of you who are maybe new to the podcast, I am an editor by trade. I work usually with financial newsletters, but I don't do any kind of book editing or acquisitions editing. I am not a buyer. Uh, I'm dealing with content that has already come into my sphere. I am not acquiring content or dealing with markets or books. So this book is mostly um, essays of like five or six pages each from established book editors. Um, There's also an essay from Carol Fisher Saller, who is a very famous copy editor. It's really 
absolutely fascinating. And I find this this is true across jobs where you find different pockets of the same industry. And it's basically the same thing, but it feels different to an outsider. Like they're describing their jobs. And that's more or less what I do. Like they're talking about monitoring the market, monitoring what people are buying, what people are reading, what people want to read, what people want more of. And I do that too. I mean, I have to tailor my publications to what people want to read. Otherwise, no one's going to read them. And there's no point in me editing them. Go figure. So they're doing it on kind of a different, for a different purpose with a different focus, but we are doing the same thing. And I found it really fascinating. It's also going into different types of publishing houses from trade publishing houses, which do like books that you see on the bestseller list to scholarly publishing houses, which are publishing these books from university presses, which are usually nonfiction, but their, their audiences are huge from students to teachers to experts in the field wanting to learn more. It's, I, I'm a nerd like this. I like to read about my own industry, but I always find it wonderful to read things like this because it helps remind me what I'm doing, how I'm doing it by recontextualizing it. It's a very nerdy book. <laughs> no, it sounds awesome. No, it sounds like right up your alley. Like it I is. I love it. It's outsider POV RPF, Annie. It is. <laughs> Copy shop A-U-R-P-F. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Do you have a Kaylee Coda for us this week? Oh, yeah. Look, we are we are all in this together. I know that it feels, it frequently feels very disheartening, but there, we're approaching this fight from many different avenues and you're not standing alone. So we will, we'll do our part with this podcast, with our donations, with our privilege, wherever we can. And um, so you're, you're not standing alone. Thanks for listening to The Ink Sync. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Bookshop, and you can DM us on pretty much any of those except for Bookshop. I mean, if you find a way to DM us on Bookshop, I guess let us know. That'd be kind of cool. Um, And of course, uh, this podcast is brought to you by our supporters. You can support us on Spotify and on Anchor. I believe our tips are open on Twitter as well. I'm not sure. Thanks, Abby. Thanks, Abby. You usually say bye. Oh, bye! <laughs> I'm sorry. I felt like you didn't need me that time. <laughs>